Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This says we're pivot. You understand just how we living. This for me is like rap religion. Open on beat because we got this Skype. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot? Okay, this is exactly what I should not be doing, which is filming while I'm on set. Um, illegal in 116 different ways, but. Here we go. Um, the great Ricky Williams at one point rushed for 2,000 yards. He was, he was, I'm a failed football player, and he, you know, was and is a genius and brilliant at what he does, and then was kind of vilified for smoking herbal medication, if you can believe it. Um, and I just watched his journey from afar, and I love Eastern medicine, I love, you know, all, all Chinese medicine. I always go Eastern before Western if I can. And he became an acupuncturist and he's had this incredible life. And so I sat down with him and um, and once again, and, I, and you've heard me say this before, but I really mean it this time. Uh, he exceeded my expectations. Fascinating dude. One of these guys that I just, I, I'm here on set in Slovakia and I, I actually can't wait to get back to the States, meet him, and get some treatment from him. Here's the great Ricky Williams. What's going on? How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I mean, it's just so surreal that I could speak to you when I'm literally in Slovakia, and I can somehow have have a great conversation with you. I mean, I'm a caveman, so I don't even understand how any of this is working. Slovakia, wow. Sounds like fun. You know, I, I just got here. Um, I start a movie that my sister's going to direct, and I just left her. And the last thing she said is, this is the last extracurricular thing that you're going to do. And really? I had to promise her. So you're my last, you're my last uh, uh, endeavor other than this movie. I got to go underground, so it's time. Oh wow! Well, good for you. Well, I'm I'm honored. I'm honored to be your. your uh, last I'm, I'm honored to talk to you because it's so interesting. I feel like you've, in your young, forty odd years, have lived many lives. It feels like that. It does. It definitely I mean, feels. You were a guy who, and I want to hear your take on it. But, you know, just even taking the first chapter of your life, there's no way. Anyone could run for 
close to 2,000 yards and, you know, be the type of athlete you were if you didn't make a ton of sacrifices and if you weren't all in initially with football. Isn't that correct? It's correct, but, uh, but you know, I think from the outside it looks like it looks like a sacrifice, but for me it was more of uh, I, I call it a habit. You know, like when, when I think about, you know, fourth and one and there's a linebacker sitting in the hole and I'm running through him, like, yes, I'm sacrificing my head and my body and my and my health for the fans and for my team. But I, it doesn't it doesn't register to me as a it doesn't register to me as a sacrifice. It almost is like this is what I this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I and I think that that was more of the, the issue for me is that it. It wasn't. It wasn't ever a question, and I don't think I ever felt that I had a choice but to be a professional football player. In that moment where I decided to walk away from football, it was a magical moment because I realized I actually have a choice. And and it's it was straight. It was this moment where I was like, I don't have to do this. I have enough money. I have other interests. I I don't need this for my ego. So. Why, why am I doing it? And I realized it was just because that's the only thing I thought I could do. But it's interesting you just said you don't need it for your ego. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you've been around them more than I have. Isn't it hard for an athlete who has dedicated his whole life to it to, how do they, how are they not defined by their position as an elite athlete? You somehow separated the two put your ego aside and said, I don't need this anymore. Isn't that rare? Well, I mean, I, I, that wasn't the plan. It was, <laughs> it, it was that, that I think what you're saying is accurate and that most people that, that strive to be successful in any, in any area, I think a lot of it, a lot of times is ego. And I don't mean ego as a negative thing is it's, it's positive because it, it pushes us to be successful, but sometimes we miss the mark. And I think I missed the mark is I think, being a professional athlete and again running through linebackers is something that I could do with my, you know, in my sleep with my with my eyes closed. And from the outside, it looks like, wow, this guy is very talented. But it's kind of like, yes, I had to develop my God-given ability, but that that's what so I, I wasn't growing. I wasn't evolving as a person. And for me, like my ego part of and maybe it is ego, is I want to feel like I'm expanding, like my life is meaningful. And just, you know, doing the same thing in football over and over and over again. That the 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 currency that was being paid to my ego wasn't it wasn't worth it, and I and for me feeding my ego man I need to have interesting stories to tell people and if I'm just doing the same football thing every day I don't have anything interesting to say to people and so when I retired I started traveling and I started having like you said I started living multiple lifetimes and my life just became so much richer and interesting and so. I'll, I'll even call it ego. Now my ego is just bolstered up by something that feels more authentic to to my spirit or to my soul. And and how did you, you you first came to my attention because I've been a fan of Eastern medicine for my whole life. I um I always go Eastern, and and if if for whatever reason it doesn't work, then I'll go Western. But um. You know, Chinese medicine has been around for 3,000 years, so they, they must be on to something, right? I mean, yep. the, if, if it weren't for Chinese medicine, we, may, we, we probably wouldn't be here. As you know, it was the fear, first cure for malaria, and, you know, it's done some brilliant, brilliant things. And I, 
I, I'm a huge fan of it. I, you know, um, I just, how did you, cause you're a practitioner now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I consider myself really a, a connoisseur of alternate slash in, indigenous forms of, of medicine. They're, they're just, they just make more common sense and it's, it's, quite organic as a football player especially the way i played i was doing a lot of damage to my body and so i became curious because i was in pain and i wanted to perform of how do i take care of my body and i tried everything everything and i remember i i I have found a massage therapist who who had a background in chinese medicine and she would use acupuncture and you know i was like i'll try anything and so i worked with her for about three weeks during the football season and i it was so subtle in the beginning i couldn't tell a difference and then she uh, she went on vacation for a week, and I didn't and I didn't see her. And after not having the acupuncture, I was like, "Wow, there's some there's something major going on here." And so I just started doing it more and took more of an interest. And then I uh, I played a year in Canada in Toronto, and they're just more open minded about a lot of things. And so when I got hurt up there, my trainer sent me to an osteopath, and I was, I don't even know what an osteopath is, and it, he just said, "You'll like it." And so I went to the osteopath and it wasn't like going to a regular doctor. We talked for an hour and then he laid me on the table and he put his hands on my body for another hour. And I don't know what he was doing, but while he was touching me, I was in some altered state and I was having visions and I got off the table and my body felt better. And so I was like, this is cool. So I started going back to him over and over again. And after about six weeks, I healed faster. And when I came back from my injury, I was a better football player than I was when I when I when I got hurt and that didn't make any sense to me it was it's usually the opposite that you have to rehab and build yourself back up but I was further advanced as a football player than I than I was before I got hurt and so I went back to Gus was his name and I said I don't know what you're doing but it's it's made a difference and so he started to explain the the philosophy behind it and I was I was I was all the way in from that point on I started studying everything I could about all kinds of alternative uh, forms of medicine and I started to study I started to take classes all around the world and when I finished uh, playing in the NFL, I went back to Texas, got my bachelor's degree, and then I moved out to California, and I, and I enrolled in a, a school to study to become an acupuncturist. And I finished all my schooling. I just have a couple more hours of, of clinic to go before I, I, I'm a real practicing acupuncturist. And so it's, it's been great. Yeah, man, that's it, – it's so interesting. Like, you know, when you were in Toronto, did you think, man – what am I doing here? I should be in the NFL. And what's so interesting is you go to an osteopath and it changes your life. You know what I mean? And luckily, luckily I'd already been on the spiritual path. And so I, I, I kind of, I knew how it worked. And when I was first approached about playing in the CFL, I was like, hell no, I'm not playing in the CFL. You know, I was like, why would I do that? And a couple of months passed and I started thinking about, I don't know what opportunities lie up are up there. And so I was asked again and I, something just felt, I had a chance to teach yoga there. So I was like, even if football doesn't work out, I'll get a chance to teach yoga in a new, in a cool new international city. So I was like, sure. And, and again, I broke my arm like after a couple of weeks playing. So it wasn't about football. You know, there are a lot more things going on that really have made a big difference in my life. Yeah, man, it's, you have to, I mean, one, one of the biggest things I'm getting from you and from my own life is, and how I've made, the biggest kind of strides and transitions is is truly um, putting your ego aside. And as you said before, 
not that the ego is is a is a bad thing it's a very powerful thing that can incite your ambition and we need it but you know you're either you're either walking the dog or the dog is walking you man and yep. you know it's interesting you got to you got to somehow find that find that balance um i've i've made this kind of transition into stand up comedy and no matter who is opening for me they've done it longer than i've done it even though they're just you know they're opening and i'm headlining or whatever um so you have to constantly and i and i do it effortlessly because it's real go to these people humbly and say hey man do you have any notes and it could be some 23 year old kid from you know austin texas and i'm some old dude that he's seen in movies for the past few decades asking him for advice but the reality is i can learn from him and we can learn from everyone at all times you know you and and that's and that's how we grow and evolve and you you either kind of get that joke or you don't and i think there are so many people that are insanely talented and prolific and they kind of flatline because they think that they're above collaborating and being open to others and new things and like there's this great saying like when's the last time that you changed your mind about an issue yeah and it's like most people yeah. a, lot, a lot of people be like uh never you know what i mean yeah. like because yeah. we're, we're at this point right now where everyone's drawing lines in the sand like no this is my way and you got your way this is mine and we're and and fuck you i'm not listening i'm just not listening and my god we're we're at this really strange crucial moment right now where the divide is just growing between us and we're not listening to each other don't go anywhere how you live in j pivot will be right back after we pay some bills look this holiday season you guys i'm giving the gift of manscaping because i've been loving it for a while and i, I gotta pass this on it's it's one of those things where it's like if you're a guy, you're going to use it. It'll be truly the gift that keeps giving. This holiday season, I want to extend to my family the Performance Package 4.0 from the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, okay? Not to mention, it includes the Lawnmower 4.0, very good, by the way, trimmer to tame that bush, all right? Score brownie points with the in-laws. I don't know why the in-laws would be looking at your, at your power source down there. That doesn't make any sense, but... You get 20% off free shipping with the code PIVEN, P-I-V-E-N, by going to manscaped.com. Good deal. The performance package 4.0, or as I like to call it, the perfect package for your package. Hello, perfect package. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear, nose, and hair. Listen, I know it's a cliche, but as you get older, you get it around your ears, not as much on your head. It's a bummer, but this stuff will clean you up. All right. Look like Tom Ford. You, you want to look more like Tom Ford than Tom Segura. Let's be honest. Here's the deal. 20% off free shipping with the code PIVEN at Manscaped. 20% off free shipping. What are you waiting for, you guys? Let's go. Let's get into it. This is why I can speak about Raycon. Honestly, um, I literally just took them off. Um, they've been saving me. Um, on set right now, um, I need to lock into a certain vibe. Uh, with a, a certain time frame, um, 
emotionality to certain situations and it, it closes everything out. They're great. They fit right in your ears. You know, everyone has different ear sizes. And sometimes you get these earbuds or whatever and they just, they fall out. It, you lose them. These are substantial. They fit right in your ear. Great sound, quality sound. They're not expensive. Um, charge them right up. And that little pouch packet situation they got there. I love them, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm addicted to them, so they're really cool. Go out and get yourself some, some Raycons. This is easy, man. The, the batteries last forever on these things. It's pretty great, which is a huge variable, especially if, if you're traveling like I am. Uh, audio quality is amazing. Raycon.com slash Piven. Go to that today. Unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. You Hurry, man. Get this. This is the gift that keeps giving for reals, you guys. Uh, Raycon.com slash Piven to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Raycon.com slash Piven. One thing about ego that I, that I was thinking about today is – so my like what I do on a daily basis is I'm an astrologer, okay? And so what what that means is these people reach out to me and they they give me their time, place, and 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 uh, date of birth, and I look at their chart, and then we have a conversation about about what I see. And uh, what the way I I've, the way I've been breaking it down to people, and and this I think this relates to what we've been talking about is. As I learned astrology, I've considered myself a philosopher. So I learned astrology, and it's more of a philosophy of we all have certain potentials. And life is about our ability to express our potential, to, to develop and express our potential. All right. And so I, I use the, the analogy of the potential is like clay. Okay, is clay. And I think of the ego is what the clay is formed into. Okay. The ego is what the clay is for because the clay is just clay. It's just sitting there, but it needs to turn into a structure, something to be able to, to live, to go through life. And, and I, you know, when I first started talking to people about their charts, I, I imagined that I'd be talking to them and we'd have this interesting conversation about their clay and how they can mold it. Okay. That's, that's what I was really, really geeked up to talk about. But what I realized is when I'm meeting someone, the clay, the ego has already been molded by their environment. Right. So someone might have the potential to be to be an extremely intellectual person, but they're raised by people who didn't graduate high school. OK, that right. That clay is not is <laughs> is not going to have many opportunities unless they have some great teacher that comes in to really mold that potential into what it could be. And so when I'm talking to adults, really much of the conversation is recognizing the ego, what the, their environment and their family and their experiences have molded their potential into, and to get them to be willing to change their mind, to literally undo those structures, get as close, you can to, as, close as you can to the clay, and then from there, build something that feels that's a, a, a clear expression. So ego becomes a tool to express our potentials. Instead of something that we're twisted into, because I find that's that's a lot of what I see, and that's what happened to me as a football player. I was twisted; my potentials were twisted into something that was presented to the world as who I was. And when I retired from football, it was this opportunity to untwist, to bring it back to its essence. And I spent a year traveling around the world, really like clay, right? Really nourishing my essence. And when I came back to football, 
and, and started building my, my second life, it's what I've created is something that feels more resonant to something deeper in me. And this, so this, the clay is something that I enjoy looking at. I enjoy playing with. It's not something that I have to destroy or get rid of. Yeah. It's, it still fuels you in this, in this journey. How did you, how did you come upon astrology? Where did, where did that come from? So during this, this time, when I retired from the NFL in 2004, uh, I, it's where I really first encountered alternative medicine. Some, I was in, I was traveling through Australia. I'll just tell this quick story because it's interesting. So at the time where I was wrestling with, do I want to be a football player or do I want to do something else? I was really wrestling with this. And it was at the peak of my career, and so it didn't make sense. Why do I want to do something else? And I had a conversation with someone who lived in my uh, condo building, and we started talking about seasons, just a, a general generic conversation about seasons. And I started thinking about, oh, yeah, seasons change. You know, and maybe in our life, it's like seasons and seasons change. And maybe I'm phasing out of the football season of my life and phasing into something else. Okay, And so that that resonated with me. And within two months, I retired and I was traveling around the world. And I met someone in Australia who gave me a book on Ayurveda. This is the ancient healing system from India. And the first chapter was all about living your life in accordance with seasons. Okay, mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, I, I could... I was lost, but this book was resonating with, with the thought that got me lost. And so I was like, okay, I can, I can vibe with this. So I just kept reading and reading and reading. And when I came back to the States and was thinking, okay, now that I don't, I'm not a football player anymore, right? I'm back to my essence. What do I want to build? And the first thing that came to mind is that I want to be a healer. I like making people feel, feel good. And this is actually a better use of my sensitivity than being made fun of by football players. So, so I decided to, so I decided to move in that direction. And I started studying Ayurveda at a, at a small school in Northern California. And part of our Ayurveda coursework is we had to take yoga. And at first I was like, yoga, that's for girls. But after taking two yoga classes, I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And, and I started studying yoga even more and more. And I met a, an astrologer when I was studying yoga and we sat down and we spoke for about two and a half hours. And again, I'm, I'm lost at this point in my life. And after that two and a half hour conversation, I had clarity and I had a sense. I didn't know exactly, but I had a sense. Okay, this is all happening for a reason. And I gave myself permission to lean into it. And I, I just became fascinated with astrology and the insight that it can give people into themselves. But that's so cool that like, not only well, I love Ayurvedic stuff and I, and I have dabbled in it and I, I know that it's interesting because I'm in a trans transitional moment myself and um, I, I know that when I'm done with, or I'm telling myself when I'm done with this movie, which is going to be, this is a movie I've been putting together for 10 years and wow. um, it's, it's a passion project, man. It's, uh, it's heavy. It's heavy. And I can't believe it's actually happening. Um, but w so when I'm done with this, I've kind of been a bit of a slave to m my ambition. And um, one of the things I talk about in stand up is the fact that I'm 200 years old and still single and it's not cute anymore. And I put those relationships. They haven't been first. It's always been what's the next job? What's the next job? You know, let's crush it. Um, and as an actor, you know, I, I can still run for 1800 yards, even though I'm. 200 years old, you know, because we right. can just go into the wheels fall off for good or ill. You know what I mean? You yep. know what I mean? 
you know, Anthony Hopkins is 83 years old and he's still killing it, right? There are no 83 year old running backs. So not even we, close. Yeah. <laughs> not even not even half that actually. No, not at all. Except Tom Brady is making everyone rethink how that's going. But he, I hope he reveals one day his off season training because he's he's really on to something and he uses ozone and a lot of stuff that hopefully he'll make you know accessible to people because he's really taking great care of himself and he's showing you that that even into your 40s you could be an, an elite athlete playing on your highest level well well so this this is i mean i'm, I'm going to get a little bit controversial here but like this is the this is the the issue that I, that i have is it's similar i mean i related to what you said about as an actor that you can keep going you can keep going and i think there's something healthy especially when you have fame there's something healthy about having to to look at your mortality because my my wake-up call as a football player came right before i retired and we were in contract negotiations and i was thinking okay the way i play football and i take a pounding i'm not going to be able to do this much longer so i need to make sure i take care of myself but it got me starting to think about okay what is be what is after what what is what else do i have to contribute to the world other than other than being a football player because Half of my life, I'm not going to be a football player. And if I'm stuck as this is my only defining characteristic, the rest of my life is going to suck because all people are ever going to want to talk about is what I did in the past. And that's not that's not fun. But I, but I would say the difference, though, as and this is a, a question I wanted to ask you, the difference in in your field is that you you literally have a platform where, I mean, an actor, not so much more of the talent. But when you're making when you're making movies, you're make you're you're storytelling, and I think movies are a current form of mythology. And so I always look at people who are who are creating, making media, and the tremendous responsibility they have to tell inspiring, compelling stories, yeah. stories that people can relate to, stories that make a difference in people's in people's lives. And so, whereas in football, there's there's a limited range. But when you do have something you can do your whole life, I think the transformation has to be, how can this be meaningful? Because, you know, personal, you know, taking care of yourself, it gets old after a while. And I know you've experienced this. After you have a certain amount of success, it starts getting boring only thinking about yourself. And you start thinking about, like, what am I doing to help the larger community? Absolutely. And the 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 movie this passion project that's taken me so long to put together i can't fully tell you you know the, the whole story cuz it'll <laughs> defeat the purpose right. of I get it but, yeah but i will say one of the one of the themes is coming to terms with who you are in this life and a lot of people um it, that's hard for them to do is 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 to face themselves and it's also about um it's about it, it, it is it's about our history and our history with anti-Semitism. And mm. um, I know that that's not trending right now. And I but but it's still real. Um, you know, uh, any type of hate we, we need to. We need to examine and we need to confront it, you know, um, for sure. And. Um, you know, I grew up and I, I played football and I was one of the only white boys on my football team. And I remember our football coach said, you know, we're, you know, cause we were playing a school that I guess was racist. 
you know, and I'd never, I didn't know what racism was. I had to be taught what it was. And it was very, it was a very surreal moment. He's like, you're going to be called the N word. And I'm thinking, what in God's name is happening? You know what I mean? Because I grew up in this, in one of the only truly integrated cultures, schools in the country. It was genuinely integrated. And so it was very surreal. And I remember we had an all-American wide receiver and uh, he was a badass. And so they were, uh, they were making fun of him. And all I could see was the truth, which is, oh, okay, they're intimidated by him. He's a badass. He's funny and charismatic. He has a, he has a big old afro. Um, and they're making fun of his afro. But all I could see was they're making fun of him because they're so jealous and intimidated by him. Because he's... So th- this is profound. So how much of that do you think is is going on with in some and to some extent how much of that is going on with with racism that we see every day? Well, it's interesting you say that because so much comes from fear, comes from insecurity. And it's the heightened kind of expression of that. And if you can't handle your emotions and you're reactive, I mean, this is a much deeper conversation. But yes, to answer your question, well, I mean, I think that a lot of it comes from ignorance. Because if you don't know about someone else's culture, you know, you're, you're, how could you speak on it? You so, can't. you know, I felt that I felt that one of my major missions in life up to this point was especially going to the University of Texas was is in my mind. I, I said if I can come and I have dreads and piercings and tattoos before it was it was common and and I can show these people that like you have nothing to be afraid of, like that they're that we're not like there's nothing scary about us. We're human just like you, that it will at least open people's minds to being more receptive to to taking in people that are different and i and i like to think that because of the success i had on the football field and how i carried myself off the field and this is even into the cannabis stuff that right that people are now and i've 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 had so many people say this to me is i had a certain idea about what people that that smoked weed were like and then i met you and i had to let go of that idea and open my mind a little bit and to me like that's those moments have been the greatest compliments Paid to me because I, I agree with you and, and I feel bad sometimes when I'm walking down the street, minding my own business, walking down the street, big black guy, and I see like an old white lady coming towards me and I feel bad for her, you know, because I can see in her eyes and a lot of not all of them, but what they don't understand. And I don't I don't I'm not offended if she feels like she has to cross the street to feel safe because I understand I get it right. I don't take it personally. I don't I know it has nothing to do with me. It's just she just doesn't understand and probably what she's experienced hasn't given her the permission to feel safe walking next to me on the street. And that allows you to be healthy. Yes. Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J-Piven will be right back after we pay some bills. You guys, listen, do you have an account with Coinbase? Are you thinking about opening one? Do you own any Bitcoin, Ethereum, any of the cryptocurrencies? Cryptocurrency may represent the future of money, all right? It is not only the most exciting investment opportunities you can find out there. By the way, I, I, I'm a dummy 
and I'm into Bitcoin and it's working for me. But did you know that you can trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, and over 80 cryptocurrencies in a tax advantage IRA? With an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and defer the taxes. Trade all you want without the tax headache, okay? Invest with as little as $10, no setup charges. Secure trading 24-7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. That's amazing. All right, you ready to take your investment to the next level? Diversify like the pros and trade without any of the tax headaches? Open an Alto Crypto with as little as $10. You go to altoira.com slash livin. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A dot com slash livin. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. Believe me, I had no idea what it was. I'm in. I'm happy. You're laughing. Go to altoira.com slash livin. It's also pity. And I know like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the word pity, but that's really what I feel. And I, and I think it's, it's turning the whole thing on, on their head. Like when I look at what people call white privilege, I don't consider it a privilege. Externally, it might seem that way. But internally, I think what, what minorities have had to, to live with is that the, the reality of life isn't fair. You know, because when people talk about life being fair, that's like a that's a majority that's a majority statement. The nature of life not being fair is only for the majority who set the rules. If you're not the majority, you learn really quickly that life is not fair. And I think the strength of that is it gives you adversity. So so someone who can't be open and receptive to something that's actually good for them, I pity those people. And I so again, I don't see it as white privilege, I see it as white ignorance. You know, that, (laughs) and again, I I like to go to death because I feel like death is the ultimate teacher and it it cuts through all the crap, right? At the end of my life, I guarantee how many touchdowns I scored is not going to be that important to me. Wait, so there's no scoreboards in a coffin? (laughs) Fuck, they promised me. So I can't bring my boards, I can't bring them with me? I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not trying to be an extremist because obviously if life is not comfortable, it's not enjoyable. So there is that balance between being comfortable, being happy, but also living a life that's meaningful and that you're gonna feel good about at the end. Absolutely. And I think that's the challenge. That's the challenge is, is how do we feed how do we feed, you know, how do we serve two masters, right? We have expectations from the outside world, which includes our bodies, right? We need to eat, okay? But we also have internal yearnings that that need to be that need to be nourished and fed too and how do we how do we feed both and i think the examples we've been given is we feed both by separating the two i have an external self and i have an internal self and i think at least the work i'm doing on myself is and i have been is that's not fun right because i get confused like who who's who's supposed to be here like doing interviews i'm like what am i supposed to say am i <laughs> it is just easier when I can just be integrated and I just get to show up and be myself. And I and and it's worked for me. And so that that's at least my solution to this, you know, is, is integration. Is how can I feed both of myself and help them get along? Yeah, and and finding that balance is easier said than done, isn't it? Um interesting. So Yes and no. It's easier said in the sense of when we say it, we think that we're like doing it. 
but but I think a lot of times people say it, they don't actually believe it. Because to me, once you believe something, the door is open. You just have to walk through. But and I think we say it a lot, a lot, a lot, and hopefully until we believe it. But but I don't think people actually believe it. I don't think people believe that. I don't think people truly believe they can be happy. I think it's just something that they strive for. Because we don't have examples of integrated individuals. We don't. People like <laughs> the people that we worship and cherish. Like they they might be successful on the outside, but when you look at their personal lives usually usually they're not anything that that people are striving for and so we don't really have a model of what it, what it even looks like or mean what it means to be happy we have successful down we got that down but i don't i think a lot of people can attest to the fact that they don't always equate to being the same thing well i definitely think that americans for sure are obsessed with number one you know and um, if you look at other cultures, um, their, their kind of main focus is quality of life. And a lot of times, and you know, can you, can you imagine growing up in these times where people compete against each other for the number of likes that they're getting and, and being celebrated? It's, it's a tough time. It's a t- it's but is that is but is that is that really can we attribute that to the times? No, because it, that the variable is technology. Obviously, it's not like you know suddenly people are different. They just have right. you know access to this technology. So it's but also it, I think I think what we lack is leadership. Like we we lack because the people that are that are leading and and instructing the way we use the technology are the people that are benefiting financially from it. And so I, I think it's, you know, we're, we're consumers, we're a consumer culture, and I think that's great, but we just have to be more conscious about what we're consuming. And, and I think that's just, conver- like, I love this conversation, and I think a lot of it is permission, right? The only permission we're given is to be superficial and want likes. We're not given per- permission to put who we truly are out there, right? Because then it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be about likes, it would be the feeling of, oh, I get to be myself. I don't have to pretend to be something to get likes. Like, that's the issue. It's not even like people are being themselves and trying to get likes. It's about what do I have to be to get a like, which is similar to the to the whole working class model of I have to get this job to make money, right? It's all about I have to be something else to be rewarded. And I'm And what if we can be rewarded for being ourselves? And I think it starts with these kinds of conversations. 1,000%. And I mean... The fact that podcasts are as popular as they are is basically saying that people kind of have had have had it with technology and they want the long form conversation. They want to hear people and they want your authentic self. You know, I mean, if you look at the the things that have failed recently, Quibi and these things that are just for the attention deficit disorder crowd, you know, we're only going to make shows that last 15 minutes. We're going to grab these people. It all just failed. And people are gravitating towards podcasts and, and you know, and, and people are saying to me, and I'm sure they're saying to you as well, like, oh, I, I didn't know that's who you were. I had no idea. Yes. You know what well, I mean? they don't say that to me because everyone's known for the past 10 years who, who I am. But but yeah, you're 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 hitting it. You're nailing it. And, and I think as celebrities, I think that our greatest power is we give people permission. Right. People say if they're doing it, I can do it. 
if they're doing it, I can do it. And so I think the more authentic we can be, that's the greatest gift we can give to people. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna walk over and charge this thing so that I can continue this conversation because I don't want it to end. Um, I think this is also giving me some uh, inspiration. Did I lose you? I hope not. No, I'm still here. I'm still here, yeah. Um, because, you know, my I come from a family of actors. My father acted until the moment he passed away. And even after he was passing away, he was still looking for another role. You know, literally, I mean, it just, it just, it, he was still giving me notes on plays that we did years ago. It's like, Dad, we got, you know, he's, he will be an art, he's an artist, you know. Yeah. For, 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 for as many lifetimes as they'll have him. And so I come from that. And my mom's an actress and a, a, a teacher, and, 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 I, and my sister's a director. So I come from a family of artists, which, you know, and, I, and we should talk about later when we're done with this about I'd love love to actually get my chart done because yeah I'm, of course yeah I'm very curious about what the hell's going on because yeah <laughs> it's it's fascinating it's really good stuff it's really a, it'll be a fascinating conversation I promise you that yeah uh I you know and and I do I do agree with you I think we obviously to a certain extent are products of our environment obviously um and how do we navigate that and get clarity within that um and like you were saying like you know let's say you know you were on the other side of white privilege and you realized okay it's not an even playing field that in itself is a gift you know well again again i i agree kinda but but to me the issue is that we are agreeing we are agreeing that it's not that it's not an equal playing field. And I don't necessarily agree. Okay, again, if, if I'm looking, this is me personally, if I'm looking at someone and they have more opportunities to make money, okay, because I think that's the main thing, right? They have more opportunities to make money, okay? Right, and they're they're making money and somehow their their job or their revenue stream is threatened and they freak out. They can't sleep at night, they're panicked, they're stressed out. Okay. See, I, I don't see that as a privilege. I, I don't, to me, the, the greatest gift you can have in life is the ability to deal with adversity and keep going. Yeah. And I think one of the downsides of privilege is you haven't had to, as many experiences of dealing with adversity and being able, right? I think we acknowledge that in some ways, right, there's certain privileges and other ways there's other privileges and we need to be able to appreciate each other's value right it's not like yeah because i think that it's funny to say it but i think a lot of minorities especially brown and black people are privileged as far as dealing with adversity we're better at it generally speaking and there's something that i learned about in school when i went back to school that but it's really about cultural wealth it's it's not about looking for disparities it's looking at each culture and say what is the wealth what is the value what is what does this culture have to offer us and how can we appreciate it? Yeah, I mean, we're in, we're in, I, I was very lucky in the way that uh, I grew up in a very liberal household and and I got to look at other cultures and was surrounded by other cultures and simply gravitated towards people because 
we made each other laugh. I didn't, you know, and that's exactly the way life should be. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds so cliched to say that like, oh, I was colorblind or whatever. I just didn't know anything different. Everyone I, I can grew tell. up with. I can tell you just you don't have that same self-consciousness that a lot of people have when having these conversations. It's really it's really refreshing. I, I mean, it's it's palpable. Yeah. And that's the way that's the way it should be for everyone. And and the only difference is that most if we just all grew up around each other and we had a reference for each other. Then it would be different, you know, because you then you just gravitate towards people because for all the right reasons because yeah. you you know you have chemistry you know you get each other whatever that's that's it that's the bottom line and because there is a separation and now we're dealing with an overcorrection and yeah. the overcorrection yeah. no one wants to talk about that yeah but it's there man all that guilt that's why like guilt guilt is useless. We just need to have a real conversation. And I think it's 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 simple, but I think if if Americans Americans ah, if Americans can come together and just remind ourselves what America is all about. It really is about freedom and about I mean we started it based off religious freedom, but it's it's extended into racial freedom. Is that the whole idea of America and what it stands for is that we can accept and appreciate and celebrate diversity. That that's the beauty of this country. What makes it so wonderful is that we have a little bit of everything and we're, and we're figuring it out and finding ways of when you put it all together, how do you make it work? Exactly. And I think if we can get back to those principles, that's something we can build off of. And it, it'll help us heal the past and realize the past. Yeah. You know, slavery probably wasn't, you know, wasn't didn't feel good. Probably wasn't wasn't great for a lot of people, but we've all suffered from it. And if we can talk about it and heal, then we have a hopefully we have a pathway to move forward into to creating something better. Absolutely. And, and, but there, there, there needs to be a lot of uncomfortable conversations and there, and by the way, there's a lot that I'm just curious who's going to kick it off, man. You know what I mean? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's scary now to, to speak your truth because the over the overcorrection. But, you know, in my mind, I think that cooler heads prevail. And if we can have enough people that are willing to to speak their truth unapologetically and and have a conversation, I think that that's the way. But there, it's it's cliche that communication is everything, but it's the only way. If two people, if two sides aren't communicating, there's no connection. Once two sides start communicating, there's at least the potential to come to to come to a middle ground, to find, to find, cause there's something that we all share in common as, as human beings. There's some, there must be something. If we can just find what that is and relate on that, I think it's a starting, it's a starting place. Oh, absolutely. 1000%. But, but you know, one of the great things is, is, is this form is that people can, can, we're not dealing with sound bites. You know, I, I guarantee you the people that, that are listening to my podcast, a lot of them didn't know your journey, you know, and now they're going to go over and, and, and check out your journey and figure it out. And then maybe you're going to have a conversation. We have to, we have to begin this, but unfortunately we're, we're living in times right now where people are living in such extremes, identity politics, 
has has crippled our evolution unfortunately well i mean so i it's it might seem like that it might seem like that but i think what i what i have to remind myself in my darkest times and i think you can appreciate this right i'm the kind of person where if i'm watching a movie and it gets to the climax where you know the the protagonist is getting himself into deep water i sometimes have to turn the movie off <laughs> literally i have to turn it off and come back when it, when everything is like blown over yeah and, and so when i was in the darkest part of my of my life i i had i just went to all the movies i ever watched and i said oh, this is that part of the movie and i know how the movie ends right and it's that arc and if we can allow ourselves to take whatever difficulties or darkness we're experiencing right now and create some kind of story arc that that leads us out of it that's the way oh but, but it, absolutely one thousand percent how You Live in Jay Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy and Penderfoot TV. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Theme song by Common. Executive producer for cast is Harley Roman. Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in Jay Piven every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>